<laughs> Hello and welcome to the All Young Scrum with me, Samuel Baines. My co-host, the man who knows rugby inside out, Jason Duffy. Today I'm joined by Alex Sue Waller and the Cornish Fijian star that is Joel Matavesi. This episode is brought to you by the Azure Sportswear. This is going to be an absolute mad show. Hello, everyone. How are you, Joel? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, enjoying a bit of time off. So the uh, pre-season's on the horizon now, so just getting ready. <laughs> always a uh, always scary when those Broncos are around the corner. Alex, how are you? You all good? Golden, mate. Golden. Uh, fresh off doing some Broncos on. <laughs> <laughs> Daft, have you been doing any Broncos or just telling people to do them? I mean, unless that's a lager called Bronco, mate, I've not been doing it. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say, Sam, before we start, like, I'm waiting for my title. So this week we're with, like, the Cornish Fijian star of rugby. And last week we were with the Northampton rugby idol, Alex Waller. So, like, in the presence of greatness, like, one day I, I gave, might get a title just like them boys. I gave you a title. I, I called you former Premiership superstar and now... Mate, but that's an absolute lie. and Nobody believes the thing you're saying. I've got that on camera, okay? I've got that (laughs) on camera, okay? And you told me that I was being ridiculous, okay? I think think you're just after... You're fishing for likes and followers by, like, making me look bad. That's what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) This is like a comedy chat, isn't it? Like, let's take the mickey out of Duff's in the corner. (laughs) Okay, okay, I'll read it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Audience Scrum. We've got Alex Waller, the icon of Northampton Saints, Joel Matveshi, the Cornish Fijian superstar, and we've got Jason, the world class. No, just said Jason. I thought you were just going to say Jason Duffy. <laughs> <laughs> like, that'd have been great. And just Duffs. Yeah. Okay, we've got some serious business to get into because people have been given red cards, and they're interested in red cards. So let's talk about England Australia. It wasn't really a game of rugby. It was a disorganised fight. I was going to say an organised fight, but after watching the highlights, it was a disorganised fight, okay, between two teams that just seemed to hate each other. Uh, Alex, you've seen some people cop some good red cards on that rugby pitch. What what was that one like, do you reckon? Worth a red? Um, I mean, by the letter of the law, yeah, it's pretty soft load. If you're going to headbutt someone, at least commit to it, but... Yeah, the letter of the law, he, he's headbutted him, so it's, it's a red card. And, you know, you want, yeah, you'd want to do a little bit more if you're just gonna, if you're gonna get a red, you might as well make it worth it. Um, and that was a bit, yeah, a bit of a shambles. Joel should, he, Joel, should he have chucked the right hand? Should he have actually gone for it, or if yeah, he was, was gonna more, do? It? I think I back what's too It was a bit more of a half flick. I think uh, I wish he did just go for it and see something erupt. It would have been, it would have been better than the shambles that was that that uh handbags let's call it that because there's, there's nothing else is it really duffs have you ever seen a red card yeah mate, it's in a few red cards not personally but like yeah we've been around a few red cards like mate i'd have took a red card if someone's like we'll ask the boys but mate, if someone's pulling my hair like firstly we should have like a no mullet like rule in rugby so like no one should ever have a mullet um well done sam you should wear a cap but like I mean, what's what the boys saying? If someone starts pulling at your hair, like it's worth a whack, right? And you should be allowed a free shot. One free shot in front of the rest. 
Yeah, I thought it was poor by Johnny Hill. I thought it was really, really poor. Crap. On the world stage, crap example of like how we shouldn't play the game. Um, and then the young fella from Australia fell for like a bit of bit of antagonization. Like it was crap. It was a really poor part of the the weekend, in my opinion. Did anybody else see Johnny's Hill Johnny Hill's shove shove to the face as well? Or did you see that one? Is that is that just a bit of the dark arts or was that just an assault? I mean, assault is a strong word, mate. I mean, he's giving him a push in the face. It's, you know, yeah. Grown man playing, grown man playing test rugby. You know, it's uh, is it going to be a little bit of these lads are all on the edge. So, you know, I think that's why you watch a game and why test rugby is what it is. Is it's got the capacity to blow over. But you know, I'm not a big fan of pulling hair, but. Um, I was going to say something inappropriate then, but I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> Joel, do you, what do you think? Was it should yeah, that have read as well? He could have gotten back so many better ways throughout the game, I think. And I mean, it was he he fell for it, didn't he? I think Hill got what he wanted out of him, really. Sam, just to say the letter of the law, like you know, should have been a yellow card. Should have been should have been Simbin put off. I know the boys. I, I loved listening to both of the boys' answers. Um, but like letter of the law should have been a yellow card and off. And then the referees diffused the whole of that situation. Then you don't have a headbutt on the world stage that millions of kids are watching around the world. So I thought it was bad refing and hey oh these things happen right. I'm a I really hate ref bashing, but that was a game that made me that 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 game did make me question it. It was a really slow game and is that. We saw something similar in the Prem final. It was a very slow kicking game, but this game seemed to be even emphasised by the refing choices. Uh, Joel, you play in the back. You but the boots the ball much more than Alex does. Uh, I know you duffs over there before you get upset that I'm giving you a title. Uh, did used to put the boots the ball quite a bit as well. Joel, do you think that's? Do you think rugby is becoming a much more kick dominated game like that? I've, it obviously has its advantages. You look at the teams that were in the final. That's that's what worked for them all season. And it'd be silly for them to go away from it come finals. Um, and I think the same. In the t- you know, you look at Test Rugby. South Africa won the World Cup recently just just from doing it and backing your defence. So you know, as much as we want to see running rugby and stuff, but I think you know you got to be a bit smart in how you do it. Alex, as a forward, surely just them kicking it's a bit of a pain in the backside because it's always getting back on side. Yeah, if you're smart about it, you can cut your running down by just uh, <laughs> just having a really game um, and scream stuff like stay in it, and then uh, you can just sort of do a shot between the tens. Pretty smart. Uh, if you look like you're retreating, at least catch a breather for thirty seconds if you're smart about it. Al, do you have like a body position? Is it hands in the air? Is it like I'm not interfering? Like turn your back, I'm not interfering. Or like what? What is? That turn. Look at Hutch or over three mo whoever's caught the ball and just be like, please kick it. Just because <laughs> I've committed. <laughs> on the on the rest of the. It's all about work smart and hard. Please, Alex. Please finish. Got to work smart and hard. I said you got to work smart, not hard, mate. Okay, okay, yeah. My teachers tell me that, but uh, I don't do either. Uh, now, let's look at the rest of the game. There was there was some uh, beauties of a try towards the end. Uh, Harry, Harry Arundel, Arundel, however you pronounce that, 
what a what a way to to print your name into Test rugby, the start of his career. Uh, there's been some very there's been some career defining moments in rugby, and that is probably the start of his. Did you, Joel? What did you make of that? Were you quite big? Did, did you think that was an amazing run, or do you think that was just a bit of luck? No, I think well, he's been scoring some pretty good tries all year, and I think as first touches go in Test rugby, there were as many people that would wouldn't want to do that. But it was it was an amazing try, and you know, let's hope he gets off the bench this week and can keep doing it. Really, Alex, did you? Uh... How, how did you see that try? Was that was that a lucky one or was that a proper one? Because we we've seen him do it in the prem, but in Test rugby we always know it's a slight bit different. No, it's a hell of a finish, isn't it? It's, uh, he still had a lot of work to do when he got that ball. It wasn't a walk in by any stretch, and uh, yeah, solid finish, nice footwork, bit of power, went straight over Kells, or I think Kells probably clocked one uh, from the other guy tackling him and uh, managed to get through. So, um, hell of a try. Welcome to Test Rugby. Uh, hopefully uh, similar for Fremo this weekend. Yeah. Hopefully so. Duff, you've coached everyone under the sun. Have you Have you coached the young man who scored that impeccable try? No, don't know much about him whatsoever. Um, I did, once upon a time, uh, work with Marcus for a very short period, uh, Smith at 10. Uh, and probably what I'll say from an attacking point of view is like I'm really frustrated with England and I, I just don't understand how they attack. So... I don't understand how England, for the last year or so, want to score tries, want to play the game. I think there's a real disjoint in something. So, uh, and to be honest, I'm really bored. Like, I don't get excited about watching England. I was more excited when Australia took the lead to see how we'd come back and how we'd do something and try and throw the ball about. But, yeah, I'm just vanilla, mate, vanilla. It was a bit of a snooze fest, I'm not going to lie. I, uh, I was not impressed it wasn't the game that got you off the sofa shouting was it it's uh it wasn't amazing let's talk about a team that always gets us off the sofa shouting though a team that is known for the fast ball beautiful hands and the silky skills that make them the champagne rugby side that is out that isn't in france fiji (laughs) okay alex your teammate and brother in arms at saints sam matavesi was on the bench and did himself a good enough shift to get starting this weekend. Joel, your your actual brother, who is, is as well Sam Matavesi, uh, as also well is the same person, so he's done the same shift to get in there. Uh, Alex, did you did you have that game on to support Sam or how? Um, I didn't, mate. I didn't. I didn't. I've got um, I've got two young kids, so I'm wrestling those at the moment, but. Uh... Hey, you look at Sam's form all season, he's, he's been on fire, mate. So I was surprised he wasn't starting that test, to be honest. But, um, yeah, good to see him back in the 15 uh, this weekend. He had the most tackles in the Prem last year. Joel, did you feel the brunt of that as a child? Was he going around dump tackling you downstairs and stuff like that? Yeah, it was It was a bit more illegal than tackling sometimes. But, yeah, he got he got a lot of practice in, in, his, in the early years. <laughs> I'm, you you said that you caught a bit of the Fiji game. You watched some of Sam's shift. Yeah, I caught, caught the end obviously when he came on. And to be fair, I was quite surprised at the score. Really, I thought I thought Tonga would put up a bit more of a of a fight than what you know. I didn't expect them to be nailed. Um, but it's pretty good for Fiji. I spoke to Sam in the week, and they sort of spoke about putting a bit of a mixed second team out. Um, so I didn't even think they were sort of expecting the result. 
But I think to nil them and some of the players there, I'd, I think it's it's a good start. And I mean, like Australia this week will be a bit different, a bit more organised. So it'll be interesting to be able to go. Duffs, as a coach, why has Fiji come so far from the rest of the Pacific Islands? The rest of the Pacific Islands obviously have produced some beautiful talent for the game. Some, uh, some of the best players we've ever seen. Uh, how has Fiji managed to just go so far in front? They seem to be miles in front of Tonga. Yeah, I, think, I, think, I think you're asking the wrong person. Like, Joel <laughs> would have a better insight to me than this. I think if I answer a different question, if I answer, like, what I love about the Fijian style, um, and I'll tell you from one experience of playing in Fiji when I was younger is, like, they just have, they're just exciting. They just chuck passes you don't think are possible. So they have no um, restrictions. I imagine as kids when they're growing up and the the training and the playing is that they're encouraged to be adventurous. They're, cur- they're encouraged to uh, go for opportunities, uh, and they're also phenomenal athletes. So like what we found is like unless you could wrap the ball up in the tackle, like that uh, part of the game would never stop. So they'd always try and get that continuity and keep the ball alive so you know that was one tactic for us a long 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 time ago when i when i played over there was like we had to quickly sort of like wrap the ball up hit the man and ball uh and try and sort of eliminate and eradicate the opportunities to to keep the ball alive i mean joel what what are your thoughts on like on that stuff i think it's helped the massive that obviously the drawer i think you know, sort of brought up the level behind the. They've always had a bit of superstars, but I think the sort of players in behind them have have always sort of fell behind. Um, but I think having them playing in the Super Rugby is is only going to do good things. And I think like the main thing for them is like set piece. So the, the scrum and lineups come on massively. You see when they even play against like the top teams, they don't get as as dominate as they used to, which means they can actually get their their flair into the game that way. Yeah. Set piece is massive. I mean, you see, like the sevens bit. So, like the best team in world sevens, Fiji rugby, like consistently in the top two or three teams every year. You know, you've just got that little bit more space, a little bit more time, a little bit more freedom, yeah. and the ability to keep the ball ball moving. Joe, growing up in Cornwall, but with that kind of like, I know your dad played for the Fiji Barbarians, was it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Your dad played for the Fiji Barbarians. Did he kind of instill that kind of ideas towards rugby into you to be as adventurous as you could, or was it a bit more of the English rugby down in Cornwall? A bit of both, really. I, you know, I, I was a bit younger, my brothers, but we always used to throw the ball around, and you know, you you do just naturally do what, try to see what you do, uh, do what you see on the telly, and like you say, watch the sevens, and that you see them guys doing stuff. You you're in the garden with your brothers practicing it, but it was never. My dad never like I was set to to have a different mindset on us compared to like the the English coaching or anything. Okay, that's interesting. Alex, what's your offload game like? I've seen you and Sam doing a bit in the past. I, I know you've got the silky hands. Do you, do you think you'd ever be able to play that kind of like Fijian style in that kind of Fijian team? Um, maybe when I was a bit younger, mate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I can offload when I need to, mate, but it's pretty up in guts for me, to be honest. Um <laughs> My, my my main job's inside clear, mate. That's my focus. So uh, <laughs> that's my specialty. Inside clear, first breakdown. Just put your head there. <laughs> Honesty will get you far, mate. Know what you're good at and stick to it. That's it, bro. Honesty is the best policy. 
Let, let's move on because I there's so many there's so many games to go over. Do we want to talk about Scotland? Hands up if you watch the Scotland Argentina game. Okay, uh, that's no one. That's no one. <laughs> so Duff, what what have you got to say about Scotland rugby? Just to upset some of your friends. Uh, oh mate, well it's obviously going for a bit of a tough patch. Uh, but one of my good mates has just been put in charge like the last month of the development pathway. And what I would say about him is like he's one of the best blokes I've ever met ever in my life. Great knowledge of the game. Uh, is involved with some of the stuff that we're into. Um, and I think given sort of 12, 18 months, 24 months, then he'll have an influence in, in how the, the the team, the country is represented from, you know, the 18s upwards. But, uh, but yeah, they're not good at the minute, are they? Um, and they would just say that like they've not got enough players in Scotland to be able to compete at that level. But mate, tough, tough going. Tough for the 20s yesterday. It was tough for the Swains yesterday. We did have, obviously, Saints, Saints' own. Rory Hutchinson playing for Scotland, though. He's been doing well everywhere. But let's talk about the 20s, because that's really, really interesting, because we're seeing Georgia beat a nation that they shouldn't be losing to in terms of rugby history and rugby knowledge in the nation. Joel, how do you see that as a developing rugby nation like Georgia? Because I know... I mean, I don't... Openly, I think the more you know, the the more teams that are better, it's better for everyone to watch. Isn't it? You don't want to watch one or two, three teams just dominate everyone. I mean, as a viewer, as like a fan, you you want to see as many as many good games and not not one sided. So it can only really be a good good for the game. Alex, is a since Georgia, the adults team at the moment, they're they're big boys. They're uh... They're predominantly scrum-based, very good set play kind of stuff, very physical. As a prop, have you ever played against any famous Georgian players? Uh, I've definitely come across a couple of Georgians um, uh, in Europe. And um, I think did uh, Bath have a Georgian prop for a while? Yeah. Maybe? I'm not sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, mate, they're always always a tough day at the office. Like they're they're strong boys, um, and like you said, they're 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 forward forward base game, and uh, that's their bread and butter, mate. So um, that's always a good challenge to get stuck into uh, stuck into them. And uh, I haven't ever obviously played against a Georgian international pack, but I can imagine that being pretty tasty, um, pretty tough day at the office to be sore the next day. I'm a I'm a massive sport nerd as a whole. I I research like history of rugby, something I know inside out nowadays. And Georgia have they had a national game. Well, I don't know if you have seen Cadio Strinkio from Florence. What's well, like a mixture between rugby and just pure violence. Uh, it's very similar to that, and it's got the ideas of the all and scrum in it. That is where a lot of their traditional talent comes from. Duffs, somebody like Georgia, what would that team be like to coach? Committed. I think they'll be all in for it. I think they'll be up for a scrap before, you know, you're going to have to break them down and work them really hard before you find any spaces and gaps. Uh, I think they'll definitely have uh, a unity, like a a real sort of connection with each other. Uh, I imagine that sort of community would like support and fight for each other through the, through the good and the bad. Um, yeah, I, I think the probably one thing is you'd hope that they were able to I think it all stems from their sort of first experiences. So I was talking about Fiji before, like if they have a pathway that allows players to develop and 
do the softer skills like Alex alluded to before, like when he needs to, he'll chuck an offload because he's had that chance as a kid and growing up to practice those skills. So it's about the early years for me and making sure they have the fundamental rugby skills, core skills. The boys will tell you they probably do loads of catch and pass because core skills done under pressure repeatedly is really important. So, yeah, you know, they'd have lots of strengths, but I think the the soft skills and the the really important skills to break down defences is maybe something they probably want to focus on. Are you guys both getting in a lot of that catch pass train then just to always continuously work on those skills? Yeah, we do. We do do a fair bit, and you know, even throughout the gym and stuff like that. There's always bits incorporated through the day. So, like I say, <clears throat> what do they do? They still drag you out to come and practice on your push pass, your spin pass, and your floaters, or are they just letting you do what you want nowadays? First, he's pretty keen, mate, on just pushing skills uh, all, all over, developing everything. So, there's a bit of everything chucked in, mate. Okay. Okay. Wales against the box. Now, Wales have not been in impressive form in the past. They go up to go play the world champions and they come very, very close to taking a win. Is Alex, I'll ask you first, because obviously Dan Bigger, you play with him a lot. His captaincy seems practically natural on that Wales team. Uh Obviously, you've captained Dan in the past. Is he a man that shows natural leadership skills or does he have to work on that? No, Dan's, Dan's a great leader, mate, and he's, um, he's a great professional. And it's, it's just, um, to be honest, even when I was captaining, you know, Biggs is, Biggs is in charge of all the calls and the bats plays and where we're playing. He's the driver on the pitch. So he does it anyway, regardless of whether he's got the armband or not. And uh, my job then was just to build a relationship with the referee. So... You know that's um, that's that's probably Biggs's Biggs's downfall a little bit is he's a bit hot-headed um, and you know I'm happy saying that to his face and we've had a few bust-ups in the past on the pitch about it but um, but yeah that's that's probably his, his only work on really everything else in his game is leadership is his competitiveness and that's where it comes from it doesn't come from being um, aggressive or not liking the ref it's just he's an ultimate competitor so. Um, you know, he's he's a natural leader, natural competitor, and he's uh, and he shows it, backs it up every week. Wales seemed like an abrasive team, though, when they played the box the other day. They they weren't, in all honesty, I'll say they weren't getting a lot from the ref. They were they were having a hard day at the office in terms of the officials. Uh, when you've got a captain that is a little bit hot-headed, that, that would you say that brings something? Joel, have you ever played with any captains that have been hot-headed? Uh, not a, a few, but. I- I think like when you're in South Africa, you probably you probably want to follow someone like that in in the game. You know, you know, you have someone a bit. I can understand you. You could play the ref a bit better, but I think you're in for a pretty confrontational day when you're playing in South Africa, and you know, Bigs Bigs won't back down from anything. And I think they got a pretty young team out there, so I think there's a pretty good guy to be to be following around. He's done he's done wonders for us at the Saints. He he has his days where he is. In the most impressive man man in world rugby to watch and you see a lot of tripe out there and there's a lot of people who are not big fans of him many of which I would disagree with quite argumentatively uh, it seems whenever he goes to Wales though he goes up a gear Duffs have you ever dealt with players where they where they go and they put on a different badge something different and they just 
they change the gear they go from gear five to gear seven sorry i don't drive i've got no clue what that means yeah no not not really uh the the guys that have more experience that, than i would um you know when i when i was a baby the probably the one person i could probably relate it to but it, but it probably contradicts what you're asking is um I was very lucky that when I was 18 that Jason Robinson was still knocking around sale and he was somebody that I watched as a kid growing up on Sky Sports because Rugby League was the only rugby on telly at the time. It's giving away how old I am a little bit. But um, <laughs> what I would say what I would say to you about him is like his habits never changed. So like when he was on, he was on. But he also knew when to sort of like relax and chill and he also knew when to go and put his arm around people and support people and he knew when to give people a a kick when they needed a kick um but like i think class is just class so when you when you're that good i think you can appreciate it in the moment uh in every moment and when them boys turn it on they turn it on and then i think people cop a bit of stick when they make mistakes but like the very best players in the world make mistakes mate so it's like it's just one of those things everyone everyone has an off day everyone has a slight a day where things go slightly wrong did Jason ever give you a kick up the backside for something on the training pitch, or were you a good boy? <laughs> yeah, mate, he was all right. No, I got a few kicks up the backside, but not off him. <laughs> more, more uh, Alex's mate, the conditioner Nick Johnson was uh, was on my case more often than not about my diet. But uh, what? Too many, good, mate. too many Kit Kats in preseason. Mate, yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> or Broncos if they're a lager. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think I think definitely the best thing to talk about because I know that Duff's I'm very aware that, that you want an episode that is beautifully smooth and that's what we that's what we've gone for. I think I've done quite well. Island All Blacks. I think this is a silly question. What makes the All Blacks so good at home? Is it just the sheer and I mean the sheer atmosphere of New Zealand? Joel, can you answer me that one first? On the weekend, it just looked like a bit like the All Blacks of old. You know, they wouldn't have the ball for a minute, and next minute they scored three tries, and you're like, "How are they? Like, they've done nothing." And I'm, yeah, I, it's hard to say really, but you know, it, they did look a bit like a, the All Blacks of old that t- teams feared. Yeah, so so you just think they they went back to their old not their old game plan, but they went to a game plan that allowed them to play like they used to. Okay, yeah, because they they. Yeah. they Hadn't been doing too well, had they? But they they did show a very confident game. Duffs, have you ever had a team that just plays better in one place? Do you? Have- yeah, well, I think it's natural, isn't it? To, at home is it's home advantage for a reason. So, like you you know every blade of grass, you know the wind, you know uh, touch lines, you know distances uh, much better. Yeah, I think uh, I think the home advantage is that for a reason. Uh, I don't know what about the boys, but like whenever I used to go to somewhere quite confrontational, so like France or Cornwall, so Joel will be laughing in a second. Like went to uh, played Red Ruth a few years back, and went into Hellfire Corner, and you've got all these mad Cornish people with three teeth, three eyes, like chucking beer on you in the warm up and shouting at you and spitting on you, and like they were just they they were up for it. They were absolutely up for it. but the rule is when you sort of like you go away and you stay over for the night is like you never lose on a bus trip. 
like on an overnight bus trip and we we turned red roof over by about a point or two points and had the best night out in Newquay ever so like yeah we always used to rise to the sort of occasion on that sort of hot hot zone you know Alex do you where is the most confront where is the most abrasive and confrontational stadium in the Prem who is the most confrontational stadium you've Franklin's faced Franklin's Gardens Franklin's Gardens no, in um, I mean, just because of the history, Leicester's always abrasive and always confrontational. Everything goes up a notch just because it's Derby. It's a Derby day. Um, Exeter's pretty pretty tough, really tough at times, but uh, probably not in the last couple of years. Um, seems to have got their number a little bit, but Leicester, Leicester generally throughout my career has always been a confrontational and. Uh, Pretty aggressive um, day at the office. What's been your best ding dong there, Al, at Welford Road? Who's been your your, your sort of toughest opponent one on one scrum? I'm thinking at the scrum. Oh mate, when I was like 19, Julian White turned me into like a pretzel. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I was like 19, like he's just like not interested in playing rugby. Just absolutely turned me inside out, and then uh, you know. Off he trotted like he was as strong as an ox. That boy, like, <laughs> yeah, humbling, humbling experience that one that day. I've got the question to finish this episode up. This has been a wonderful episode, by the way. It's been very well, well done by you guys, and I can only thank you for that. Alex and Darfs have come up with 15 of players who played last week. Me and you, Joel. Our job is to pretty much take them apart in whichever way we can and try and stick them back together in whichever way we wish. So I'm so you can ask as many questions as you want and please ask as many as you can. <laughs> now, who do you want to go first with their 15? Who's got their 15? <laughs> I've, I've got the bones of something. Why why don't we, Sam, go through like front row, second row, back row, half back centres, back three, and then me and Al can battle it out as to who sticks. So is that all right with you? Yeah, that's definitely okay. Al, do you need some breathing space? Do you want me to start at 15 or 1? No, uh, yeah, we, no, we'll start at work with what I know, mate, because I ain't got a clue about the backs, to be honest. <laughs> so, that, but, yeah, so my front row and Genji, uh, my old mate Pareki, and um, it's a toss-up in the tight heads. Um, but I'll go with Will, just because... Oh mate, well I mate the Parecki one. Did you see the um, interview with his dad after the game? So like it was no, pretty, I didn't. Mate. I didn't. It was, it was pretty inspiring. So that guy's like been up and down and like left Australia, got told to come back. He's gonna get capped. Then he had an injury for twelve months. Like he's awesome. I'd have had him. And then I'd have picked anyone from the Australian front row. Who was the? Um, Tighted, like the third choice tighter to start. Was it uh who started Hello. for the tighter? Who? Hello Vitor. No, was it my blue said Slipper. Did Slipper play? Did he come off the bench with it? On the bench, yeah. I thought the Aussie front row did really well against us. And I thought um the loose head for New Zealand destroyed Furlong. I know it's an eight man shove, but I thought Furlong had a tough day at the office. Yeah, and you don't hear that very often. No. 
Joel, please have as you will. Do you agree with any of that? Yeah, I think like, I agree with it all. Especially, I thought the Aussie hooker was on debut. Right? I think he looked, he didn't look out of place at all. Um, yeah, I, I agree with. Awesome. awesome. All I know about that, bro. <laughs> well done, Al. <laughs> no. Let's go on to the second rows because this is where nobody actually, you know, these are the workhorses of our scrum, the powerhouses, as they keep telling me, uh, even though I keep trying to ignore them because we all know the powerhouses are the props. They're just there to stand in the pre. Uh, second rows, Alex, who's your, who's your second rows? Well, I like the fact that Swain didn't, wasn't taking any crap from uh, Johnny, so let's go with Swain and Hill. Both just <laughs> the... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I quite like that. A bit of edge, just like getting stuck in. <laughs> Hair pulling and headbutts. We're going back to UFC one days. Yeah. Uh, Duffs, who's your second row? Mate, I'm not changing Alex's choices. The only person I would have picked is Esther Beth because he's got the sexiest biceps I've ever seen on any flight. <laughs> he is a unit. He's a big man. Joel, have you seen anyone else with sexy biceps yeah. at second row? Uh, not me. All tries, Joel. All tries. Okay, now now we get to the fun stuff, the stuff that I I know. Uh, back rowers, you know, the uh, the greatest forwards in my opinion. Alex won't like to hear that, considering he does all the pushing. Uh, Duff, let's start with your back rows and then we'll let Alex disagree or agree. Uh, the only two that I picked really was uh, Surveyor uh, for New Zealand. Two tries, like a fine wine, just getting better with age. Uh, I just love him in my team. He's just a menace. Um, and then Peter Romani, I thought for Ireland, there was just some subtleties to his game that just put his head above the other back rowers and that bit. Uh, what I would say and be interesting for this weekend is I thought Ludz, when he come on, was just an absolute animal, like carry, 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 whacking people everywhere. I thought he added a real edge to it. So they would be my three from a from a back row perspective. Okay. Sue, do you agree with that one? Yeah, more or less. I mean, I, find it, I always find it difficult to leave big courts out of any back row, really, at the moment. But um, if we, I'd shoehorn him in somewhere into that pack, but um, he's, you know... And this is under the cap this weekend, isn't it? So, um, yeah, he's, he, he, I'd nudge him in somewhere, but he can play anywhere from four to four to back row, can't he? Second row to back row. So, and, well, I wouldn't fancy him at eight, but I'm sure he'd do a job. <laughs> Joel, how do you feel about that? I feel like there's one man who's been missed off. And I feel yeah, like that's... I thought maybe the two Welsh guys, I thought that the Leicester guy was on debut and I thought he was quality. Um, the Raphael... And and Lydia as well, not obviously played in bloody ages. Uh, obviously suits suits him the way the way they play, but I thought they were both pr- both pretty good. I quite like the uh, Van Vanderfiller who plays for Ireland. I thought he had a good game, even though I did see that Scott Barrett used some beautiful dark arts on him to set up that Adrian Savani try off of Aaron Smith. Uh, Let's go to halfbacks. I'm going to ask you this first off because you're obviously a first five eight in nature centre combination. Who are who's your scrummy? Uh, 
only for sort of like sentimental reasons. I think he's been playing incredibly well the last couple of years and now he's back in the international stuff. So I went for Danny Kerr. I don't think he was at his best for England on Saturday, but I just think like after a bit of a hiatus, like he definitely deserved that shout as well. And 10 was? A uh, big shout for Bigger. I thought he was awesome. However, I would pick Lalesio from Australia uh, ahead of him just because he was called up at the last second uh, from the warm-up and he's a confidence player. He whacked all his goals over and, and smashed 15 points in a game where they probably relied heavily on him. I thought he was class. He was very, very impressive. Uh, Alex, how are you thinking on the halfbacks? Yeah, I can't. I can't. Not those two. Um, yeah. Obviously, Danny's been out in the mix for a while, but he's been on fire this year. And uh, he did a solid job, didn't he? But those two, happy with those two. Now, Joel is going to be salivating because we're getting onto the centres, what means it's the stuff that he knows and loves. Alex. I thought some food, then. <laughs> Pardon? I said, I thought he'd eat some food and you'd see him salivating. That was it. Sorry, <laughs> my wife. Alex, who are your, who are your centres from the, from the weekend? Struggling with this, mate, to be honest. It's a bit of a blank spot for me. Um, couldn't really pick anyone straight out the uh, out the lot. I think everyone did a half, half-decent job. So, um, Dobbs, what do you think? Yeah, mate, I'd pick nobody from England, if that helps. Um, <laughs> all the home nations. Uh, I went for Karevi. So, like, he's just a fucking handful. Like, he can play. He's a handful. He was big influence in in the Aussie bat line. And then my probably one of my favourite centres over the last couple of years is Diolande. So uh, the South African boy, who again is just like two or three guys to stop him, can keep the ball alive, catch, pass, kick, run, does a bit of everything and awesome defender. Yeah. Joel, Joel, what do you think? You're laughing. No, um, definitely. I, I agree on the uh, Karevi one. He's, I think he's, like you say, just big ball, be a big old centre partnership there. Go forward, mate. Just go yeah. forward. I like the sound of. Let's talk about let's talk about the wingers and the all important fullback. Who's your who's your left and right wing, Alex? Mm. Start with Duff's. I'll I'll criticise you. I've I've got four wingers. I've got four wingers and two fullbacks. So I mean, just, <laughs> do you want half got, of them? If we split them up, Reece Samit, Lightning, finishes for fun. Penno at France, another couple of tries. Arundel for, uh, not for the initial burst, but for that second step. So, like, I think he got lucky on the two defenders colliding into him, but that second step and finish was pretty class. And then the other one was Corribetti um Australia. So, they're yeah, my that, wingers. That tackle on Marchant was... Ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely especially, ridiculous. Especially stepping up after Tom Banks did that horrific injury. Wow. That made me wince. Uh, chaps, I think we've come up with a very good 15 there to, to end the night. I'm, I'm sorry for dragging you on here again. I promise that it is only slightly against their will to all the listeners. Uh, thank you very much, Josh, for coming on. It, Joel, sorry. 
Oh, I'm so, so <laughs> sorry. You tried Josh, didn't you? You wanted Josh, but you could only get Joel. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I was, to, I was trying to get Sam, you know, it's old and young scrum, but uh, so thank sorry. Ethan as well. Don't forget to thank Ethan, like, lovely night, mate. <laughs> thank you very much, Joel. Uh, my apologies, my biggest apologies. Uh, you know, it's it's not my fault, it's only because he's better than his brother that I've got them confused. Uh, and he can tell him that he said that. Thank you very much, Ethan. Sorry, I mean Alex. Uh, have a have a good night, and thank you to Duffs, the rugby Nors, the the most educated man in coaching. Rugby okay. Nors is better. That's I'll take Nors. How many more titles do you want? Do you want to be his Lord Nors of the Manor? Okay. Nors is good, mate. Nors is good. Thank you, everyone. We're gonna disembark from the scrum now. It's a pick and go, and we're away. This episode has been brought to you by the Azza and by these lovely chaps that I'm with, Joel, Alex and Jason, and myself, Samuel Baines. Everybody, have a good night. Thank you very much.